turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. All right, let's get it on. It's 406. I'm Mike Boyle, and we are back for the second hour of the restaurant show on Newstock 710-KNUS. It is Saturday, January 27th. Happy to have you aboard. I'm going to take you up until 5 o'clock. We're going to turn it over to Randy Corcoran. And uh, then I'll be back tomorrow with another show from 10 o'clock until noon. I can take your calls today if you would like, 303-696-1971. But if you would like to wait until tomorrow, Sunday's kind of the day we just kind of sit back, relax, and give out the phone number. And people seem to enjoy. Maybe they're on their way to church. Maybe they just got done with church. Maybe they had breakfast. Maybe they just got out of bed. But uh, Sunday's a fun day for taking some phone calls. A couple of things I wanted to mention, and a little bit later in this hour, since it's the restaurant, travel, movies, books, sports, whatever we feel like talking about show, we are going to talk with a guy named Mike Lawson, L-A-W-S-O-N. He is an author. I've had him on a number of times. He writes the Joe DeMarco books, and I don't call it a series because they stand alone but he's got a new one out. It's coming out uh, short. Matter of fact, matter of fact, even though I believe the release date is February 6th or something like that, it doesn't matter because the point is is that even though they have a release date, you can already get them online. I'm sure you can probably get them at a bookstore. Um, but uh, he does a wonderful, wonderful job. So we're going to get Mike back in this hour. I would like to send out a personal congratulations. I'm sure he's probably not listening to Todd Helton. You know, I'm going to tell you a story. Uh, In about 2000 or so, a friend of mine was named to the coaching staff of the Colorado Rockies. Buddy Bell was the manager. This is a guy that I know from professional baseball, a guy named Dallas Williams. And, um, he stayed at my house because uh, um, he wasn't familiar with Colorado. He wasn't familiar with Denver. So he stayed with me and Kaylee, got plenty of room in the house, until he was able to get an apartment closer to the ballpark with some of the Rockies coaches. And um, anyway, one day uh, I got a call from a friend and said that her adult Down syndrome brother would like to uh, if if he could somehow get on the field so I contacted Dallas and he said sure come on down so my daughter and I one of her buddies this lady and her brother we all went down and we got down there nice and early we got down on the field and this is not a reason to vote him into the Hall of Fame of baseball but it certainly is a reason to vote Todd Helton into the Hall of Fame of humanity and uh God, he was so gracious, and we were down there and taking pictures and just having a nice time, and uh, you know what? 
She told me in a recent conversation that when her Down syndrome brother died, because typically Down syndrome don't live the same life expectancy of us, called it the greatest day of his life. So, Todd Helton, congratulations. All the fame. 303-696-1971. We'll be right back on The Restaurant Show. Minutes after four, that's Darius Rucker. I'm Mike Boyle. This is The Restaurant Show, Wagon Wheel. And if you are looking for a place to maybe take a vacation... And maybe a place a little bit different. I remember a guy came up to me one time, and he said, my wife is a flight attendant, and we can go pretty much wherever we want. Uh, This happened to be with Delta Airlines. They're based in Atlanta. He said, "Um, I'm looking for someplace a little bit different. And uh, we can fly into Atlanta. And I said, you know what, you ought to go to Savannah. And he looked at me, he said, Savannah? Savannah, Georgia? I said, it's a beautiful place. Of course, that's where we have Army troops. Fort Benning, Georgia is in the neighborhood, but it's an old port. It's a historic port, and they've redone the town right down there on the port. It's a wonderful – and, you know, you've got those ferns that just hang almost down. Yeah, you're going to get some humidity there, but it's absolutely fabulous. And you can stay out in the intercoastal, but then you can take a drive, and you can go up – to Myrtle Beach, you can go up to Hilton Head in South Carolina, you can go up to Sunset Beach in North Carolina, you know what, you can go to the Outer Banks, fabulous, fabulous trip, and uh, so if you're looking for something, I mean, you know, everybody wants to do Vegas, and everybody wants to do Orlando, and everybody wants to go to New York and see Times Square. Think about think about going to the uh, the <coughs> Carolinas. All right, uh, football tomorrow. I don't know about you, but I'd like I'm a, I'm about to commit heresy here. I would like to see the Chiefs beat the Ravens. Oh my God! How can you traitor? We're Bronco fans here. I understand that, but I just think you know the Ravens to me just look like. First of all, I don't really like purple, but but anyway, but. They just look – remember when it used to say uh, – people used to say that rooting for the Yankees was like rooting for IBM? You know, they, they just seem so corporate and so organized. And I'd like to see the Chiefs. And, and I like – and I like – I wouldn't mind seeing Taylor Swift either. But I like Travis Kelsey and and you know what? Hey, the fact that they've owned us for the last whatever years um, doesn't matter. I just think it would be a better football game if the Chiefs – were able to get into the Super Bowl by beating the Ravens. And the 49ers and the Lions, I know some of us have such fond memories of Mike Shanahan. Well, Mike Shanahan, look it up, was a 500 coach with anybody at quarterback not named John Elway. Okay? So I'm not, you know, personally I was glad when the Bolins moved him along. So I'm not really a 49er fan. I'm a SoCal, so I don't root for anything north of about San Luis Obispo. But I'd like to see the Lions. Wouldn't you like to see the Detroit Lions get into the Super Bowl? That guy, Dan Campbell, he took over a team, and they were 3-13, and and then they were 9-8. and I think I've got it right. And then this year they were 12-5, <coughs> and five, and they've already won one playoff game. And – 
Apparently, he just has some tremendous respect in professional football. But I just think it would be fun. And have you seen the story about that 89-year-old Detroit Lion fan? This poor guy. You know, they used to talk about Cubs fans as being long-suffering. Well, then oh, they started winning. They started making the playoffs. They even won a World Series here a half a dozen years ago. But the Detroit Lion fans, long-suffering. There's that guy that's 89 years old. He has had, he's been featured on television. He's got, uh, he's had Lion season tickets for 66 years. And, you know, in that time, I don't remember if they've made the playoffs or if they made it one time or if they never won a playoff game or whatever. So I'd like to see a Super Bowl of the Lions versus the Chiefs. How about you? 303-696-1971. All right. One other thing I did this week. Um, I stopped off at Snarfs. S-N-A-F-S. Wait. S-N-A-R-F apostrophe S. And it's a sandwich shop out of Boulder. They've now got 37. They're all owned by a husband and wife team, except for three franchises. They've got one in Austin, and I don't remember where the other two are. It doesn't matter. But at any rate, they're up and down the front range, and I've been in them a couple times. And you know what? I just happened to be passing by, and I thought, I'm going to stop in. And you know what? They are really, really nice. You know, they've got some artsy, craftsy on the wall, some of the street art, stuff like that. They're a little bit bohemian. They're a little bit, you know, avant-garde. They're, they're, they're just, they're, they're fun places. I had a pastrami sandwich with uh, cheese and nice pickle slices, wonderful bread. And they're very nice. And you know what? They offer... At every one of their stores, she saw my pin. I wear a small pin on my Pepsi vest that says veteran. And um, she said, you're a veteran. And I said, yes, indeedy. And she said, we offer a veteran discount. And she said, we offer a veteran discount to all of our active duty and prior military service and to our first responders. And she said, I've already rung in your order. I didn't give you the discount. She said, let me do this for you. I didn't ask for it, but I I just think their sandwiches are really good. And I think that if you are a veteran or a first responder, you have proudly served and why not take advantage of that discount? I just think they're very nice people. All right, let's do this. Let's go ahead and take a break. We've got plenty more to talk about. We're going to do a book review. All that is coming up on the Mike Boyle Restaurant Show. The lake it is said never gives up for dead. In front of Detroit Lions. And he reminded me that the Lions beat the Chiefs in the opening game of the season. And I believe that game was in Kansas City. Doesn't really matter, neither here nor there. Because if they wind up playing the Chiefs in the Super Bowl, it will be at a neutral site. Where is the Super Bowl this year? It's in uh, Las Vegas, I believe. All right, so let me tell you something else I did this week. In Castle Rock, we have a new restaurant. Oh, stop talking. I'm not promoting Castle Rock. They've also got them in Centennial, Parker, Littleton, Highlands Ranch, and coming soon to an area near DIA, Los Dos Potrios, the two colts, the two baby colts, the two ponies. Um, 
you, is anybody out there, do you remember if you were a long-time listener? It was probably 20 years ago, maybe a couple more, when the Ramirez family had a Mexican restaurant in the high-rise building downtown Denver at 18th and Arapahoe. And it was called Arapahoe Junction. And you knew that they were going to figure it out. They had a good restaurant. They had a good. Uh, they had good food, um, very customer oriented, and um, but they decided that downtown Denver wasn't their bag, so they opened up in Centennial, on Holly, just a little bit north of County Line. Right there by, uh, what's it, uh, what's the pizza place there? What's the pizza place? Big Bill's, Little Ricky's, I can't remember. Anyway, they opened up there, and we did a show with them there. And, you know, over the years, listen, we drift away. We drift apart. And they then opened up in, um, I don't remember the next, but, you know, Highlands Ranch, Centennial Parker. And they just opened one up in Castle Rock. And it's a beautiful building. I'll tell you something. If you are... A window washer. If you have a window washer, window washing company, if you're a commercial window washer, you ought to get over there and see Garrett. Garrett is the manager over there because the entire building that faces south towards Pikes Peak and west towards the front range is glass. So, <laughs> I mean, I'm telling you what, there's some money to be made washing those windows. And of course, you know, if you don't keep them clean, but the building is absolutely beautiful. I was there Monday of this week at 11.30, and it was starting to fill up. By quarter to 12, it was full. By 12 o'clock, they were on a wait. By 12.15, they were on a big wait. I'm not trying to discourage you. I understand that when new places open up, they're very, very popular. I sat at the bar and uh, had a nice chat with the manager. He remembered Arapahoe Junction. And I had a barbacoa taco plate. Came with three barbacoa tacos, soft tacos, not the kinds where you take one bite of the shell and it blows up. It came with the beans and rice. When you first sit down, they bring you chips and salsa. And like everybody else, you know, you spoil your appetite, you eat a whole bag of chips, right? Not a whole bag, a whole basket of chips. And then, man, I'm telling you what, I barely finished the last one. Boom, they put more right in front of you. None of this, well, you know, you have to pay 250 for the second bag. None of that stuff. And then the tacos came, beans and rice, and it came with a dipping sauce. Uh, not like a salsa, but uh, matter of fact, I didn't even ask what the base was. You could tell that there was a little bit of onion chopped up. Those tacos were so good. I mean it. They were great. And I could only eat two of them because I'd eaten so many chips that I brought it home and it reheated very, very well. And I'm just going to tell you, and then when I left... Like I said, I left about 12.15, 12.20. People hanging off the building. Parking lot packed. And I drove across. It's right near the Paramanade Shops at exit 185. And there is another Mexican restaurant. And 
and it's part of the La Loma group, and they came to town, and they really hit it big, and they've got the nice brick wall, and they've got a glass wall that looks at flat irons. And, of course, they've had restaurants all up and down Denver for oh, at least 30 years, and they've got um, – God, what's the name of the place in Lone Tree that overlooks uh, downtown Sierra? And they they do a nice job, but I just sensed a little bit of difference, not the newness, but I sensed just a little bit of a difference. Um, The parking lot, same time, did not have many cars. Now, we can attribute that to people wanting to check out the new place, but... If people like a restaurant, regardless of what's new, regardless of what's across the street, they will uh, they'll keep going. And I'm sure that this will all level out. This will all even out. But the Los Dos Potrios, I'm going to tell you something. I thought they did an absolutely fabulous job. There was so much friendliness there. There was none of this. We've got this brand new building. You know, sometimes, you know, staff. And it, it might be the manager, it might be the maitre d', it might be, you know, the, 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 there'll be this kind of uh, haughtiness. And, and, but, man, I'm telling you something, I was really impressed. And for those of you that lived at, live at, up, uh, up in Centennial, for those of you that live in Highlands Ranch over in Parker, you certainly don't have to come to the one in Castle Rock, although it's a beautiful building and you might want to see it. But I just thought that they did a really really wonderful job and i'll tell you this the next time i go in you know the menu at mexican restaurants is always very extensive there's always a bunch of burrito different types there's a bunch of taco different types enchiladas there's about 10, 20, 30, 50 combo platters. There's the carnitas and the fajitas. And, and to be perfectly honest with you, I'm not much of a menu browser. You know, I, I, so I, I sat at the bar, and I asked the bartender, I said, haven't been in a Los Dos Potrias in a couple of years. Give me a couple of suggestions. That's all I need. And they can be the best sellers. They can be your favorites. And she said, you need to take a look at this and this. And the first one was the barbacoa tacos. And she did not do me wrong. It was really, really good. All right, 303-696-1971. Hey, did you see where for the first time in 75 years, an in-and-out is going to close, not because it's not profitable, but because it's in that pigsty known as Oakland, California. And they cannot – I saw news – it's been in the news, it's been in the print, but I happened to see online a news report where they just issued a statement and said, you know what? People are breaking into cars, smashing windows, they're committing robberies, there's all types of problems around the area. They just said it's profitable, but it ain't worth it. We're going to shut it down. And folks, they're smarted in and out. 
I guarantee you they probably own that land. They'll probably sell that land. They'll probably do just fine. But I, I, I just think that what has gone on, Denver announced that somewhere between 10 and 15% of the city budget for this year will be spent on illegal aliens. Now, if anybody can make sense of that, if anybody can explain to me, there's some wonderful restaurants in downtown Denver. And I know you want to go to the can, the old Pepsi arena to watch the Nuggets. And I know you're going to want to go to Coors Field. And I know you want to go to the DCPA. But can anybody explain to me why you would want to go to downtown Denver and spend your money. I have to sneeze. Hold on. All right, got that out of the way. God bless me. And so anyway, I just think, God, if we are going to continue to absolutely ruin these urban areas, Seattle, Portland, San Francisco, did you know that they reported that Denver has a 33% downtown vacancy rate that's incredible anyway i got off track a little bit about it's the restaurant travel movies book sports and whatever we feel like talking about show let's do this let's go ahead and take a break and when we come back i'm going to tell you about the new mike lawson novel it's called kingpin and it is like every other joe demarco thriller put out by mike lawson it is good we'll be back with mike on the restaurant show all right, moving on. The Mike Ball Restaurant, Travel, Movies, Books, Sports, whatever we feel like talking about show. You know, I've got a book club for the Mike Boyle Restaurant show. And, man, we love having authors. We love reviewing books. There is a new book out by one of my favorite authors. His name is Mike Lawson. Now, I don't want him to think that he's my favorite but he's one of my favorites. I have a lot of favorites. He's got a new book out. Kingpin in the Joe DeMarco series with a pulse-pounding thriller starring Washington, D.C. troubleshooter as he tries to pin down a Boston billionaire soaring at the top of the world. As evidenced by his ever-growing Boston empire, Carson Newman doesn't usually get his hands dirty. Joe DeMarco, on the other hand, is paid to do that. And by the former Speaker of the House, John Mahoney. I've got the author, Mike Lawson, on. He's been on with us a number of times. I love the Joe DeMarco series. Mike, welcome back to the show. Thanks for joining me. Well, well, thanks, Mike, and thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. (laughs) Well, pardon me. Brian Lewis, an intense workaholic interning for Mahoney, has been found dead in his apartment purportedly from a drug overdose. But, Mike, is it safe to say that for those who know the underbelly of Washington, D.C., probably every political or well-connected person who dies, the death might be a little suspicious? Yeah, probably so. You know, <laughs> I, I was when I wrote the book, I was actually thinking back. There was a, a woman who was killed in Rock Creek Park who was a, an intern for a politician, and that was one of the things that came in mind when I when I wrote it. I remember but, the uh, jogger. 
And there have been several other, you know, congressional types or aides. Uh, I think one was associated with Hillary Clinton that was killed. And there was a bunch of rumors around that went around that also. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Funny how that works out. Uh, you know, I, I, I think, and I've interviewed a number of authors who write with a D.C. background, Alan Topol, Otho Eskin. There just seems to, it seems to be a target-rich environment for seedy thrillers. Is that safe to say? Well, I've always used exactly that same phrase. If you look on my website, you'll see it. It it is a target-rich environment. There's always so much corruption and shenanigans and just plain silliness and sometimes something heroic that goes on back there. You never have a hard time coming up with an idea for the next story. Well, and you know what? For people that, and, and I've done it, I've taken my daughter, I've taken friends, you know, you stay over at the Marriott and you walk across Key Bridge to Georgetown. You get a cab and you drop off on the traffic circle right there. And to your right is the Lincoln Memorial and to the left, quite a ways away, is the Capitol. And you can go visit the Vietnam Wall and you can visit the World War II Memorial. And it just seems like such a, a clean, pristine environment. But it really power must be a tremendous aphrodisiac, Mark uh, Mike Lawson, and it also seems that in Washington D.C., for all of the outstanding old Ebbett Grills and uh, Joe's Prime Age Steakhouse, if you get three, four, five, six blocks away, it can get a little it can get it can get a little seedy, can it? Oh yeah, it's a it's a, a an interesting city. I mean, like George Pelicano, you know, he he writes about the about the nice not so nice parts of the city, and then other guys like me tend to focus on the on the, the political side and the, the Pentagon and the CIA and those places like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, you can, you can write a lot of books there. Absolutely, Brian Lewis, an intense workaholic attorney for Mahoney, but Brian never showed signs of drug use prior to his death, and he coincidentally seemed to be on the cusp of releasing a report identifying a group of politicians who had taken bribes to help dismantle a recent bill. Imagine members, politicians, members of Congress taking bribes. And I'm sure that they wouldn't call it that. But, uh, Mike, I'm shocked. Where did you get this information? Yeah, I I think in the book, there's one little (laughs) short paragraph that talks about how many politicians have been indicted for bribery in the last 30 years. (laughs) And I I write that in the book where you're just just showing the numbers, you know, and the numbers of them that have actually gone to jail, although most of them, you know, some resigned, some were, you know, Forced to quit office. Some were given sentences, but never went to jail. But but the number of politicians that have been uh, arrested for and accused of bribery was it was a large number. I was surprised how large the number was. I, I'd have to find that paragraph in the book, but it, it, it's in there someplace. It's a big number. Well, and that's one more reason for my listeners to read Kingpin by Mike Lawson. But Brian's mother is convinced that her son was murdered because of what he'd learned. Well, DeMarco reaches a similar conclusion. All evidence only points to the sheer impossibility of a murder ever having happened. A locked door to a third-floor apartment with locked windows and no fire escape ladder and no defensive wounds on Brian's body. Mike, where did you come up with the idea 
Is there a real Joe DeMarco in your background, in your life? Was there somebody who will remain unnamed and probably won't get any literary credit for it? But was there somebody in your life, you spent 30 years in naval intelligence, if I recall. And so well, I, spent, I spent about 30 years in, in, in naval shipyards working on uh, the Navy nuclear power plant stuff. But oh, uh, okay. to answer your question, no, there wasn't anybody that I knew like that. What happened was when I first started to write this series, I I, I needed a protagonist. Of and I, I didn't want to have a cop and I didn't want to have a lawyer and I didn't want to have a private detective because there are too many of them out there. And that's that's how I invented DeMarco. I, you know, I, I invented this guy who was a fixer for a vaguely corrupt politician. And, and I set him in Washington just because there's so many things that happened back there or that start. I mean, a lot of the books don't aren't in D.C. They, they start in right, D.C. and right. they're someplace else. Right, right. Well, and so let me ask you this. Does the Speaker of the House the president of the Senate, or some of the underlings, do a lot of politicians have a quote-unquote right-hand person off-the-books fixer? Is that a common vocation in Washington, D.C.? Well, I, I wouldn't. I, I don't, you know, I think the answer is yes, there are people like that. Uh, if you... Uh, you know, the White House plumbers going all the way back to the Nixon days were those kind of guys. <laughs> sure, yeah. Um, there, there's companies in D.C. that get involved in, or not only just in D.C., they get involved in the you know, opposition research, you know, like the, the Fusion GPS and the whole steel dossier thing. And sure. you know, I don't think it's at all unusual that a politician would turn to somebody and say, hey, go find out what's going on for me on this kind of issue, but uh, let's let's do it a little low-key. <laughs> Yes, off the books. Um, yes, and uh, and by the way, here's a burner phone for you to reach me directly. So anyway, what number is this? And I could have looked it up. What it's, number? It's, number it's, it's it's the number seventeen in the Demarco series, and it's my twenty uh, first book. It's getting absolute rave reviews. I loved it because I don't think that there's any cat being let out of the bag here, but everything that Mike Lawson, L-A-W-S-O-N, writes, I really enjoy. I'll ask you this question again, as I have in the past. Kingpin, just out. Do people go back to number one and read the first 16? I know it stands alone. I know that you want it to sell. I know you want it to go right to the top of the charts, Mike. But do they need to read number one through 17, meet Joe DeMarco, see his background, see him develop? What do you think? No, they, they don't. I mean, I, I intentionally write the book so somebody can pick up a book in the middle of the series and just read it. Uh-huh. Uh, the problem for that, you know, with, with that is that I do have to repeat background on the characters in the book, on of Mahoney course. and on DeMarco. Um that I have to repeat in almost every book, but but all the books are standalone. Well, they'll, well they'll sometimes refer you know to a, a to something that happened in some previous book, but it but they're not the kind of books where you have to start with the very first one. And and you know what, Mike, I don't disagree with that. I understand that because I'll tell you this: this may come as a surprise, but I read other authors, Mike, and other books besides you. Does that surprise you? 
No, it's like <laughs> like John Samper's books. You know, if, sure. every one of his books has to them. go into the background of who Lucas Davenport is and who, who Virgil his Flowers is and, who his and wife all the books. Yeah, and and so, so if, if you read all of Jan, John Samper's books, like I do, uh-huh. you know those parts. You know, uh, you, I kind of tend to skip them over. But for, for for a new reader, you can pick up a book and just read the book. Yeah, and, and I uh, understand. And, and, but you know what? So I haven't read a Mike Lawson book in six nine months, maybe a year. So when I I pick it up. I said, oh, yeah. So as I read that background in the book, it, I can, oh, yeah, yeah, I remember that. Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember that. And you go to the Sanford books, Lucas Dabboard. Oh, yeah, I remember Weather the Doctor. And oh, yeah, I remember yeah. Letty's daughter. And so so I, I think that that's necessary. And I think that that's a really legitimate, valid point that listeners should know. If you pick up Mike Lawson's Kingpin, and read it and enjoy it, <coughs> pardon me, then I think you're going to find yourself going back and picking up the others. Is that safe to say, Mike? Yeah, it, it is. And, and a lot of times you'll see on, on like on Amazon for the Kindle books, They'll they'll do promotions on just one of the books in the series. Yep. It'll be up there for you know for a buck ninety nine or something. Yeah. And I think a lot of people start that way. They say, well, here's a a book I can buy for, you know cheaply, and I'll read it. And then they then they tend to go back and start reading the other books in the series. No question. And you can do it, folks, with Harry Bosch. You can do it with C J Box. You can do it with so many authors. But pick up Kingpin by Mike Lawson. You're gonna like it. And then I've got a feeling you're gonna be looking on Amazon and Kindle and at Barnes & Noble to find other Mike Lawson books. Mike, congratulations on your new book. Thanks an awful lot for joining us. I appreciate you being on the Mike Boyle Restaurant Show. Well, well thank you once again, Mike, for having me. I, I also really appreciate it. It's always good talking to you. I, I enjoy it. All right, good. Well, glad. We'll have you back for the next one. We're going to take a break on the Restaurant Show. All right, I can't believe it. Time to go every Saturday, 3 to 5, every Sunday. Yeah, I'll be back tomorrow from 10 o'clock until noon, taking your calls at 303-696-1971. But in six minutes, we are going to turn the mic over to my next guest. His name is Randy Corcoran. Randy Corcoran has the Wake Up with Randy Corcoran show from 5 o'clock until 8 o'clock. Randy, thanks for joining me. Hot news, burning issues, penetrating questions. I've got a couple for you. Uh, Are you ready? Mike, I've got to give you the breaking news from the Babylon Bee really quick. The Supreme Court, U.S. Supreme Court, has ordered that the Texas razor wire must be immediately moved to the Ukraine border. (laughs) Well, you heard it here first, folks. All right, so Randy Corcoran, big shot with the Republican Party, very much a mover and shaker, very much uh, spending an awful lot of time. I want to ask you about a couple of optics, okay? The first is the state Republican chair, Dave Williams. Now, he has a full-time job as the state Republican chairman, and he has announced that he is going to run for Doug Lamborn's seat in El Paso County. And I heard an interview with him where he said, when somebody asked, how can you have a full-time job as running the state Republican Party and a full-time job campaigning for the 5th congressional seat? And he said, well, I can walk and chew gum at the same time. Now, this guy to me, uh, 
he's a little light as far as I'm concerned. This is a guy that thought it was a good idea to call himself Dave Let's Go Brandon Williams when he wanted to run for a state seat. I don't think that the fact that you can walk and chew gum is a necessarily a qualification for two full-time jobs. I, I, I just think that the optics are horrible. I also think the optics are horrible, and I'm a Republican voter. I'll vote for anybody who's got an R by their name. I think the optics of moving from the third district to the fourth, where she had a full-time job being the representative of District 3, to announcing that she has a mailbox in Elizabeth and that she now has a rental place in Windsor. I just don't think these are good optics for our party. What say you? Well, Mike, as Republican National Committee man, obviously my primary goal in that role is to see Republicans elected and Republicans succeed. I wish, I wish that we had a requirement that the President of the United States be able to walk and chew gum at the same time, because then Joe Biden would be out of office. But, um, yeah, as far as Dave Williams, you know, some precedent. Uh, Ken Buck was a sitting congressman when he became chair of the party, and he delegated delegated work. I think for Dave Williams, and I, I have, don't have this directly from him, I, I think it's just an opportunity that's too good to pass up with the incumbent stepping down. Uh, for me, uh, just based on history, Dave may be the hands-on favorite to win that seat. I but it's, I think yeah. it's a great opportunity for Dave Williams. Yeah. Um, um, and I think that that's where so many of our politicians have got to where what good for me and not necessarily what's good for the country, the parties, my district, whoever I'm going to represent. Just they, one man's opinion. And yeah, I will vote a straight Republican ticket, Randy. You know that. I've said it over and over. But I just find myself feeling, and I think I have a pretty good pulse of, of people at large saying, what are these people doing. Uh, Let me me just say this, Mike, first about Dave. He was a fine legislator. He voted just straight A for the Second Amendment, for cutting taxes, for not spending, uh, you know, increasing people's taxes for more government programs. And that's what the Speaker of the House says about Lauren Boebert, too. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And, you know, for Lauren, the move doesn't seem to be, sure didn't start off very successful. I understand that this debate that they had in cd4 she came in fifth in the straw poll yeah 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 well anyway i i just i'm i'm, I'm talking about optics like i said the optics yeah. of it and and it's just my opinion you got a lot of stuff to talk about randy i can give you 30 seconds what do you got well i'll tell you we uh, we've been through the first in the nation caucus in iowa first in the nation new hampshire primary donald trump smoking uh, there i don't know what Nikki Haley really thinks she's going to be able to do because she's falling way behind in her own home state of South Carolina. So we'll start off there and also talk about the impact of the open primary in New Hampshire on lessening the massive victory of Donald Trump. Absolutely, yeah. 
All right, well, Randy Corcoran, I'll be listening, and I know a bunch of the Mike Boyle Restaurant Show listeners will be as well. Thanks for coming in. Al Music tells me we are done for today. I'll be back at 10 o'clock. Got my toes in the water, my butt in the sand, not a worry in the world, a cold beer in my hand. Adios, vaya con Dios. It's a great day, everybody, and I'll talk to you tomorrow with another edition of the Restaurant Show. On the way, life is good today. Life is good today. KNUS Desert.